Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On this episode of the Front Office Podcast, we're going to be joined again by the brother Sean G as we talk the draft lottery and more NBA playoff. And we're back. We are joined again by the homie Sean G. Sean, what's going on with you, my brother? <sighs> Nothing much. Watching some some great basketball, just relaxing. Uh, excited about the possibilities now that we're past lottery day. You know, we, we are definitely going to jump on lottery. You know, I was very happy about the lottery. Um I, I loved how Minnesota got the number one pick. I'm kind of curious to see what they do with that. And also, uh, the Warriors kind of control the draft. What do you What do you think about the lottery and, and what happened, how the balls dropped? Well, going into the lottery, I'm always excited for a few possibilities. Number one, I want to see the Knicks get screwed, <laughs> and they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, just, just something about it. I was also... Um, satisfied that the Warriors didn't get number one. Admittedly, it's a, a weak draft. There's no immediate number one, but it was nice to see at least the Warriors weren't were, were, were given that. And it's always nice to see the Timberwolves finally get a break as well. Uh, so I, I was pretty satisfied with how it played out. I feel like everybody is largely in a position to get better. Uh, the people who fell really felt didn't feel to such an extent where they can't actually improve their team. And it really opened up like a kind of new, renewed flexibility for trade season, which is always exciting. I always thought that when the Warriors made that trade for from, for D'Angelo Russell for uh, Andrew Wiggins, that they should have um, included this year's draft pick instead of next year's draft pick. I don't I don't know the back endings and why that didn't happen, but I think the Warriors maybe next year's draft is is deeper probably. But yeah. ha- having the one and two pick of this year, you could have really like made some major major moves. But I'm sure Bob Myers knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah, he's got some sort of master plan that's going to end up with him getting, like, six more superstars somehow within all his cap holds. Definitely, definitely. So with the number one pick, Minnesota Timberwolves, like, who who would you take that best fits that team? It's it's uh, Minnesota is such an odd ro- roster construction because mm-hmm. they desperately need, really, a, a four. Right. Who can, who can spread it, but there's... No one in this draft, really, at least at the top, that kind of satisfies that. So then you go into their next need, and it's really just a playmaker. And there's some redundancy here with D'Angelo Russell, but I, I think Edwards is probably definitively the best playmaker in the draft. 
Right. And you just, you know, you just, just go with it. Just get Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, put him in that backcourt, hope that he can floor, uh, space the floor, find his shot, and see what you can do. So, so my thought process is a little bit similar, but so in this game, and and I'm a, I'm appreciative of you saying the four. There are people like, oh, it's positionless basketball. Yeah, but we, I still need to put them in numbers. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so, um, when I see Carl Anthony Towns, and I don't know if he is a five or a four in that aspect, but I would probably go the opposite way and go bigger and throw him down at the four because cats the offense of the bigs they need a defensive big to kind of take the pressure off of him so to speak it, yes you know but then i don't want the joel and al horford problem you know what i mean exactly so if, if if minnesota traded back a little bit and got like a wiseman at four or five and maybe assumed would wiseman and cat work together I think so, too. I just don't see Wiseman going past number two unless Golden State trades that pick. You know what? I think Wiseman goes to the Warriors at number two. That's that's where I am, too, <laughs> as you know, well. And, and I would, I, everyone's talking about uh, Obi Toppin, and he's a high flyer, you know, but he's not going to start at your five, you know, unless they – that's all a small ball type of thing because Draymond's your, your four. Um, but – I love Wiseman at the Warriors, and some people think that that's a little bit too high. So do you think the Warriors trade back and get Wiseman, or do you think let's get him now at two? I've been thinking about it. I think they've got a trade in mind involving Wiggins and that pick. Okay, okay. I haven't spaced it out. I, I tried fitting Wiggins into various trade possibilities, and it's just it, it, it's just more of a hypothetical, I think, that than my mind can imagine. So I just put Wiseman at two and just said, We'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out later. You know, and, and just jumping back to Minnesota, when I think of Anthony Edwards, I also think, wait a minute, but Jared Culver's there, and, and he's decent. You know, yes. um, so I don't know if a D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jared Culver, one, two, and three, that's explosive. But That's the thing. Go that's ahead. the thing, though. On paper, Minnesota has, like, these very redundant pieces that, in a perfect world, kind of form these nice 3 and D players right. that supplement, you know, Russell and Towns, but they haven't quite found their shot yet, and that includes Culver. And ideally, you want to think they're going to put the work in and find it, but if they don't, you know, you've just got a bunch of a bunch of length if not a lot to show it so I just put Edwards because at least on and off the ball he can create for himself and and if worst case scenario Culver goes to the bench you still got a great backcourt with D'Angelo and Anthony Edwards and even Culver can play a little bit of the three that still works yeah yeah Warriors grab Wiseman at two and then things get tricky mm-hmm. go ahead tell me about it so, what does Charlotte need other than everything? <laughs> I mean, let's look at their building blocks here. Yes. Let's say P.J. Washington, Mikal Bridges, and then you enter into the territory of believing Devontae Graham can stay consistent and run an offense. I'm not entirely there. And thinking that Terry Rogier, or Razier, um... <laughs> is going to live up to that contract and I'm not quite there and then I think about the Michael Jordan perspective right what does Michael Jordan want he wants guys from from proven colleges that's the blue chips that's the Duke that's yeah. the UCLA it's guys he's seen on you know ESPN 
And I think he's willing to bite the bullet and get a guy who can sell some jerseys and hopefully initiate some kind of offense. And we have Mr. LaMelo Ball going to Charlotte at three. I have Mr. LaMelo Ball going to Charlotte at three for those very same reasons. The thing about it, with Devontae Graham, I I, I like Devontae Graham a lot. I can like, I'd rather see him be your, your, your smaller two guard in the mode of, of the Allen Iverson type with the Eric Snow. Mm-hmm. And if you get LaMelo Ball, who's uh, six, seven, six, eight, he can handle the bigger guard on the defensive side, but take uh, Graham off the ball and then you make him a playmaker on, on the other, on the front court, you know, um, with Bridges and Washington. Michael Jordan is going to stay with them. He's sticking, those are his picks. So yeah. pretty much stuck there. I think what Charlotte needs is a lot of that money to fall off because you know Nick Batum's going to opt in on that $27 million. <laughs> Yeah. You know? There's no, no reason for him not to. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for him not to. You know, and I thought Malik Monk and Devontae Graham, they're kind of the same person, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I have LaMelo Ball going three to Charlotte as well because they need someone to kind of control the offense to kind of get people the ball in the places that they need the ball. It's, and I mean, there's something to be said about a team just needing a personality and a culture. Yes. And no one right now in Charlotte is rising above that. And LaMelo Ball, whether he's actually good at basketball or not, and I think he'll be pretty good with all the baggage that comes with him, is going to make that team infinitely more exciting than they are right now. I just want to see LeVar Ball and Michael Jordan play one-on-one. God, could you? Uh, I just want to hear Levar, you know, calling Jordan out. Right I, from the stands, Constantly. from the seats. You come down here and play me now. <laughs> Forget this game, everybody. You get a free ticket to Levar Ball. That's me against that guy. <laughs> I mean, the possibilities are endless. I'm I'm excited about it. Your team number four, the Chicago Bulls. You know. When I think about, I'm gonna. I, I heard you loading up already. Hold on, Sean. <laughs> when I think about the Chicago Bulls, they there's nothing wrong with them to me, from uh, Carter to Markkinen to Zach Levine to Kobe White to I can't remember the guy Otto Porter. You Otto know, Porter. Yeah. What's wrong with them? What's what's what are they missing? I I hope that it is coaching. I don't believe Boylan had an offensive system that complemented any of these pieces. Uh, he was terrible at player development. None of these guys are better than they were than the time they were drafted. Uh, there was no improvement, and if anything, there was no regression. Really, the only player that actually showed something that you could feel optimistic about was Kobe White towards the end of the season, right. and Dan, Daniel Gafford off the bench yes. looks like he might be be a little something. Uh, he's the kid from Arkansas, right? Uh, yes. Yes, yes. So when I look at the Bulls, I say, okay, they're going to rock with Levine and Kobe White. Otto Porter still got a lot of money left. You know, they got the two young bigs who I love. I love Laurie Markkinen. You know, and Wendell Carter. I love them playing together. Can I give you my pick? Yeah, go ahead. Denny Avadija. Same here. No way. Same guy. Yep. Here's why I picked him. I'm hearing this guy can handle the rock from the from the small forward position. You know, he can create his own shot. He can distribute. So if you need to move, when Otto Porter 
when they figure out what Otto Porter's role is on the team and you need to move him, salary, whatever, you can slide Avadija straight in there and he can almost run the offense and move White and Levine off the ball. Oh, yeah. I think he's really the ideal fit here. I don't. I also don't think you can discount the fact that they're, um, the guy who ran the team he, he thrive the guy who runs the team now um, AK from Denver uh, from the Denver yep. Nuggets yep. thrives off international scouting oh so he is clearly very aware of what of what he can do and the Bulls need someone who can initiate an offense and space the floor and they've kept throwing people at the problem via the point guard position and it just really hasn't worked out and I think being able to find almost a point forward, Mm-hmm. Who can who can be rangy play really uh, at least one to four right would, would do wonders for them and I think it would be a really exciting addition to all of these weird disparate pieces that they need to play it plays together. I think Zach Levine tries to be the point forward <laughs> in a guard um, size, but I, I think and and I, I love Zach Levine. I think he's exciting. I just think he needs different. He needs to get the ball at different locations, not at half court and then okay Zach you run the offense exactly I think too often last year they gave Zach Levine the ball at the top of the key and just said do something right and he can do something but it takes so much effort off of him that he was just getting run down towards the end of games in finding somebody that can allow him to work off screens cut to the basket would do wonders and the idea of him in the open course taking a feed from our number four pick uh, it would really be a dream come true and would really allow him, I think, to take his game up the next level. I definitely think that Zach Levine with, I mean, maybe I have a DJ will be his Scottie Pippen. Who knows? I mean, you're, you're talking to the guy who convinced himself that James Johnson was going to be Derrick Rose's Scottie Pippen. So <laughs> the, the possibilities are endless for me. <laughs> so we're going to agree on that one then. <laughs> yeah. So Cleveland, we'll do maybe the top ten. Cleveland, they they love their guards. Uh, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. I love uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Um, they've got Andre Drummond, who's on that last year of that big deal. They got Kevin Love, who, you know, I think they should try to move. Um, where does Cleveland go? I, I've, I've been drawn on that because they've got a lot of long jam, log jam as well. But I look at their biggest weak, weakness right now, and I think it's right around the three. Mm. Um, particularly because Drummond's going to opt into that contract, and he's going to be locked in. Locked in. Ideally, ideally, you want a lock, a long term solution in the front court, but it's not going to happen. So I'm thinking about a guy that can hopefully just be the three and D complementary player that will allow you know the. Colin Sexton's to to go to work, and I think it's Isaac Okoro. Uh, mm, Isaac Okoro from, from Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, you know the six six small forward. He's he's I like him. I like him. I like his game. I like the defensive possibilities that leads. I think he'll eventually uh, find find a better shot. He shot twenty nine percent from three, which isn't great, but. I think with a little work in with guys like Mark Price on the Cleveland organization, they can hopefully improve that. And other than that, he can crash the boards. He's a decent facilitator, but they don't need him to do that. You know, they just need him to be that that uh, that body who's going to help lock down uh, 
some people on, on defense and allow Sexton to, to go to work trying to pick up our offenses. Right. I was Cleveland has to be praying that Avadija falls to five because he'd be I think he'd be perfect in that in that offense. But with him being gone to Chicago in our mock draft, I have um, the Cleveland Cavaliers getting Obi Toppin. And here's why. I think they should move Kevin Love and get some picks. Maybe send him off to Miami or send him somewhere where he can win some, and get some picks back. Andre Drummond, maybe towards midseason, they can try to send him off for another expiring contract or picks to a playoff-pushing team. But then Cleveland's going to need that replacement big who can run with Garland and Sexton and Kevin Porter. And I think Obi Toppin could do that. And he's mature enough. He'd still be older than all of those guys. So he be, he's, he's old enough to almost be the leader of that team coming in to the team. Uh, I think that too. And I think it would be a much, a much needed uh, dose of athleticism. You, just to that team. You know, the thing the thing about Cleveland that baffles, not baffles, but just a lot of these teams, they, they're they real old and they're real young, which is a great combination. But if your old guys are the ones who are making the $30 million, and yes, Kevin Love is still very productive, but yes. let's do the move, youth movement. Let's continue the youth movement now and just blow it up now. You know, there's no use being the, the 10th seed in the East with two $30 million contracts on your book, you might as well be the 10th seed in the East under the salary cap. <laughs> and I think they're still reeling in that post-LeBron James haze, you right. know, where they just need to commit to one direction or the other. As great as Kevin Love is, he has no purpose being on that roster. At all. He, or and, Andre Drummond. <laughs> or Andre Drummond. And... You've committed sixty million dollars in four years to both of those players. Yeah, and it's it's just a nuisance, and it's frankly taking minutes away from guys who aren't as good but can help the team for a longer term than what you got going on right now. And it's I think it's going to be very difficult to frankly move that love contract. I mean, if you take a team like the New York Knicks, they would love to have Kevin Love and they'll send back Bobby Portis and Julius Randle for just to get him off, just to have a, a marquee name on the Knicks. Uh, I think so too, but I think we're forgetting like some of those Knicks contracts aren't great either. Right. And you're subsi- you're you're probably getting a little less money off uh, a little money off the books, but then you're still hoping to attract a free agent that hasn't <laughs> come in 15 years. I think the free agent and and you're going to say I'm crazy. But the free agent, if a Kevin Love went to the Knicks for like a Bobby Porter's, Julius Randle, and next year's first, I think you see Sam Presti call the Knicks as well and say, "What you got for Chris Paul?" I could, I, I could, I could see that. I, I, I could definitely see that, and I think that's absolutely a move that the Knicks would do. At least the old Knicks, right? We obviously don't know what this new, this new front office would think because they're very cap oriented. But yes. then you've got the. The Leon Rose situation, I think Paul would definitely be attractive to that. And all the Knicks would need to keep is probably R.J. Barrett and maybe Kevin Knox. And you can let Mitchell Robinson and all those guys go to those respective teams um, and pretty much give up all your draft picks. (laughs) Yeah. Number six, this is interesting, the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks we're hoping that they got that number one pick because Anthony Edwards and Trey Young would have probably been lethal. <laughs> oh, it would have been unbelievable. Yeah. You know, but at number six, the I believe the Hawks 
are pretty set in their in their team. They got two nice centers in Capella and Deadman. You know, they got John Collins, who's going to be up for extension soon, and they, they need to sign him. They got DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, uh, Cam Reddish, Trey Young. It's weird for me to say this. I think you trade that sixth pick and just get depth. But I don't yeah. know. What do you think? I think so, too. I I initially just made them bigger and got Okongwu. Oh, Because, I mean, uh, there's some redundancy there, but at the same time, when you have a team where you can have four bigs rotate at any any time and just picking up the pieces that, you know, Trey Young and Kevin Herter, when they do miss, which will be rarely cleaning up the boards, would would really be pretty locked on. But I think Atlanta's a team that needs to start thinking about consolidation. Yes. And getting older. Yes. You, and here's, wiser. Here's, here's my consolidation. A package of that five pick or that six pick. DeAndre Hunter. No. That six pick Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter for Brad Bill. Ooh. Now Washington's on this. Okay, we, we're stuck with John Wall. So we have to stay with John Wall. We yes. need to let's we did sign Brad Bill, but we're gonna still continue to be the tenth seed. <laughs> yeah. You know, so let's start this thing over. Let's let's start building around Rui Hachimura. I, I love Troy Brown as well. I love Wagner as well. You know, John Wall can be now go into that mentor stage that Chris Paul is doing with the OKC team and, and kind of rebuild his reputation. Not that his reputation is bad, but you know, it could be it's like Chris Paul. His reputation wasn't bad, but it sure has gotten better being on OKC. Yeah. You know, and I think if you go throw Cam Reddish on that Wizards team or Kevin Herter and uh, Rui Hachimura and that six pick and your own like nine pick and let John Wall just mentor all those young kids, I think you got something cooking. Um, but with the Hawks, if they don't make that trade, because um, I'm hearing reports of like Ty, um, Tyrese Halliburton, but he would just be a backup to Trey Young and, and would probably play some vital minutes, maybe move Trey off the ball sometimes. But Okongwu yeah. would be the best pick because, like you said, there are four bigs. You know, Deadman's locked in for another year, which is good. Capella's locked in. You got to repay Collins, and then you got Okongwu on that rookie deal for the next five years. So four bigs that you can simultaneously simultaneously grab rebounds would be the excellent pick. So good, good one there, there, Sean. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> the Detroit Pistons at number seven. Detroit is a mess. <laughs> I was going to use the word fascinating, but <laughs> but fascinating in a messy way. Yes, they're a hot mess. Um, there's no direction. There's there's nothing. You know, Blake Griffin's there. No one's going to take him. So you're stuck with Blake. You got to almost give Blake away and a pick. <laughs> take Blake away from me. I I don't know what do the Pistons just take the best player available and just start from there? I think you got to. <laughs> I mean, I, I they don't have the pieces that service a trade other than hoping that someone's going to bite on Blake Griffin and maybe Derrick Rose to you know, sell sell some jerseys. I did a Hail Mary trade initially 
uh, that got both of them to the Knicks. Give it to me. Uh, well, my uh, my computer kind of froze on that, Uh-oh. so I don't have uh, yeah. I don't have the the full the full masterwork that I right. did. But basically, you were clearing a whole bunch of contracts and getting those guys, just those bodies that you don't really know what to do with, like uh, Frank Natitia, right. uh, Kevin Knox, all those supplementary young guys, and just hoping that Rose R.J. Barrett. Blake Griffin and Mitchell Robinson can do anything. And I think the hope is that Rose and Thibodeau reuniting would be exciting. But that was one of my more unrealistic trades, uh, just where I was. That was just my trade machine whimsy. So what I think they, they got to do is just find a guy, I guess, that can work with who they have. And that's really just Luke Kennard. And maybe uh, Sue, Seku, Seku, yeah, they're, yeah. they're three. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of money falling off this year, yeah. which is which is awesome. I think with Seku, uh Damboya, I think they, they have to see what they have there. And then Luke Kennard, they, have, they, they got a nice shooter there. But they have to get off that Blake contract, 36 and 38, because he's definitely opting in on that 38. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I try to think of teams that could use Blake Griffins and – because Derrick Rose is still very serviceable, and and the Knicks, you know, may work on that. I don't, I don't see any team really messing with Blake <laughs> at all. And it's just the, his his health. It's yeah. just such a huge issue, especially for a guy who relies on athleticism. If he can't get up anymore, he can't he can't get up. You know. Yeah, that's. I think Detroit just has to just they're going to have to just ride that wave, the Blake Griffin wave, and. Maybe stretch them out in the, in the next year or so. Who knows? And really, you hope that maybe with this new post-COVID CBA that they bring back the amnesty provision. Right. They, they have to figure something out. They, I'm sure that's in the talks. They have to be. Yeah. All right. Well, otherwise, otherwise, you're just at a point where there's just nothing doing. There's so nothing. I was I, I got them Obi Toppin. Okay. Okay. And... Uh, just just hope that he can um, not create but allow uh, allow the, the floor to, to open up a little more and let Kennard and, and, and Siku go to work and him and him and Blake Griffin if Griffin's at all healthy and even Rose will will certainly make a couple highlight reels and that will bring some excitement back to the Motor City but it's frankly just a pretty dire situation in Detroit until they can start clearing out these contracts and getting assets I, I had them picking uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and just they just need some stability somewhere, you know. And like you said, they got Kennard and Seku, so that's a potential two and three for your next five years. Now let's just get a guard that can just play the position and kind of lead you. They need a leader in this draft. Yeah. They need someone to come in and say, okay, not that this is my team because no one does that. And Derrick Rose is there. You got to respect him. And Blake Griffin is there. So Tyrese Halliburton's not going to go in there and saying that. But with the young guys, it's like, hey, when these old guys are done, it's us. So let's start learning together so that when they're gone, we, we don't, we can take this ship and keep it going. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree. And uh, I think Halliburton's a great player. Uh, but it was a trade-off for me because I actually have him going uh, with the very next pick. Okay. The very next pick being the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks. Okay. All now, right. Wh- what does Thibodeau thrive off of? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, uh, guards. Yep. <laughs> yep. Defense. Yep. A little bit of grit. Oh, yeah. And for me, uh, Halliburton is also uh, just his guy. Like, So if you were the Knicks the, GM and I just picked Halliburton, the, the GM before, you're pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely furious. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> but I agree with you. If he's there, you got to get him. Because R.J. Barrett, I think, is going to be good. He just That's why I thought the Chris Paul trade would be advantageous for R.J. Barrett's development. But Halliburton to the Knicks also works. Go ahead and continue. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I mean, I, I think we're absolutely on the same page here. Just he fits what I think they're going to build towards, uh, which is a little bit tougher, a little bit more grittier. Not as flashy as the Knicks have ever wanted to be, because all their guards in the last couple of years have, you know, just been these weird Alfred Payton gambles that maybe you can get some Showtime magic. And at the end of the day, just get a guy who plays defense and just tries to work to the basket. You know, let's let's be more realistic than we were in the past. Right. Definitely. And I I, I really think that you put Halliburton with Tom Thibodeau and. You don't have to worry about how his game's going to translate because they'll they'll find a symmetry that's going to work out. I I totally agree with you there. The Washington Wizards, you know, they wanted to get into that top three because now things start, you know, thinning out a little bit. Yeah. You know, and let's just say they they make that potential trade in my brain for for Bradley Beal. Great, you can kind of. Um, take a stab at number nine because you would have that five and nine or whatever but let's say no trades mm-hmm. happen the wizards are in a predicament because they have to figure out what so they they would still be not stuck they would have john wall brad bill Rui hachimura they would have to go big i don't but i don't oh. see anyone there that they could take i mean i think the next big off the board is probably a chua Mm-hmm. And it's just too early. And it's just too early. It's, it's way too early for him. You know. I, so yeah. Go ahead. Go I'm just, yeah. So you can trade down in in the hopes that maybe you can clear some of those bad contracts off the books. But I'm 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 just not sure you can because I think. Uh, I think they're just really in a tough situation. I think they're in stasis, frankly, until they can move Beal off the books. They almost have to. They almost have to move Bill just to get the recharge of energy because they're they're kind of like Detroit. They're stuck. Yeah, they're, they're, it's a bad situation. It really is. You know, so there's a big from Olympiakos. I know it's too early. Alexi Poskuvski. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, he's seven feet, eighteen years old, and I love Nurkic and Jokic and all those guys. If yes. if they can move back and try to stab him and just kind of develop him, you know, that might be worth it. But at nine, you're kind of like, oh, there's nobody here. We're going to do we reach for what we need or do we take the best available person? And like you said, Precious is it's a little too early for him, but I like Precious. I don't know what the Wizards do. It's a pickle there. And I, I think they have to trade, and I think they have to package it. But assuming assuming that they don't, I think they just get a guy with the most upside and the best shot right now. Mm-hmm. And I, <coughs> excuse me, I think that's Nesmith. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Um, I, I 
don't love the sample size. I think his opportunities were very limited in college, but mm -hmm. you can't just teach a guy a jump shot, you right. know? And there's something to be said about a guy that takes those opportunities, even if they're limited, and just sinks them yeah. over and over again. He's yeah. got decent size. If Wall's at all healthy, he's going to be that guy that Otto Porter was for a little bit. Right. And just allow them to open up the floor and let... Uh, and just let that offense hopefully get back to any kind of, uh, of movement. Uh, so I think that might be their best gamble. But once again, I think I think they're they're trading around. Yeah, because with Nesmith, Sadiq Bay, you know those six six to six eight guys, those are they can kind of come in and play that three position and put move Rui to the four. You know, um, which and he can and he can play that because he's a big he's an undersized four, but. Kind of like the Draymond Greenish with a little bit more offense, you know, and he's and he's very mature. So you got to take the best player available there, and which would leave us with your favorites, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns. I think so. I, I think I already know where you're going, <laughs> but go ahead. I I mean, it's hard not to like where the Phoenix Suns are at right now. Mm. Everything really worked for them. They're young. They've got very nice contracts off the books. And they appear to have finally awakened Devin Booker in such a way that he's he's their guy. Yes. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, so where are we at right now? And I think it's finding another playmaker off the bench that Rubio can teach. Mm -hmm. that can help keep the offense going when one of them has to sit, sit. and I really like Killian Hayes. I was, I know that's a, who I have for you. That's who I have for me. Killian Hayes, right. definitely. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. Right? He's, he's, he's the guy. Like, he's got all of the pieces necessary to make that team's engine still go. And the idea of having him next to Rubio for another one or two years mm -hmm. and letting Hayes be that heir apparent, as long as, as well as being that spark, punk, uh, spark plug, excuse me, off the bench, it, it would do wonders for them. Uh, they've got a really nice core going. Yeah. Where they've got about six or seven players that I really think just need the have the ability to shoot and just need a facilitator there. And Rubio can't play forty eight minutes a night. So yeah. just getting Hayes there, letting him develop, and letting him just go to work with, I think it'll be great for them. You know, I think with the emergence of Cam Johnson in the bubble with DeAndre Ayton, Bridges. And Booker, I th and, and and Rubio's doing a fantastic job, but Rubio's and he's not even that old when you think about it. Um, but having an heir apparent to him, Killian Hayes would be perfect for the Phoenix Suns, and that's who I have for the Phoenix Suns. What trade do you in your wish list, Sean? Do you want to see happen? Okay, so I figured out a way. Uh, that would make both Phoenix and Memphis deeper mm. Mm. and and would allow them and it's actually a three team trade that involves Boston okay give it to me so I think with Memphis uh, let's start with Memphis and I think you find a, you find a way to get them um, 
a little more ball handling with so Morant doesn't have to do everything, a little more shooting, and a little more defense. And you also want to clear Jonas Valanciunas off the books. Right. To allow uh, Jackson and Clark to be that front court of the future. And they are. So that it started off with uh, Marcus Smart and Romeo Langford for uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Continue. Is, is that? I mean, I think it's insane, but it it clears up what Boston. I think Boston, frankly, really doesn't have to do this, but it makes a good situation even better for them. As good as Theus and Robert Williams have been, and I think they truly have done uh, much better than anyone could have expected. Mm-hmm. I think you put Valanciunas there, and it's yeah, almost unfair. It's it's yeah, it, it is definitely unfair. It's called cookies. You can kiss the baby yeah, at that it's, one. It's, it's cookies it's if they get him. You know. I, I like Robert Williams, you know, I like Tyus Teese, I like him, but like you said, Valanchunas, you know, I've been hearing rumblings of Miles Turner going to Boston, I thought Marcus Gasol was going to go there um, if they tore down Toronto, but obviously they're not doing that, so Marcus yeah. Smart and Romeo Lankford for Valanchunas, and what was the third team involved? Now we got Phoenix. Okay. So, with, with Phoenix... You want to get, you now pretty much have your core set. Mm-hmm. You have Rubio, you have Booker, you have Johnson, and you have Aiton. And you have the benefit of having both Kelly Oubre and Mikael Bridges. Mm-hmm. And Oubre signed to a nice contract, yep. he's great. But I think moving him to Memphis and taking back death pieces that would help yourself get more bottle handling and get a second unit would, would really be great for them. And I think ideally Phoenix wants to get a little bigger and a little more of a three and D direction. So mm. here's what I'm thinking. Grayson Alice, Grayson Allen, Kyle Slomo Anderson and Tyus Jones. You move Kelly Oubre over to Memphis and here's what we're looking at for this team. For Phoenix, you have Rubio, Killian Hayes, Tyus Jones. The two is Booker and Grayson Allen. The three is Mikel Bridges, Kyle Anderson. Your four is Johnson and Dario Saric. And your five is Aiton. Mm-hmm. And with Memphis, you're just so much deeper. Way deeper. You've got Morant and Smart. You now have Dylan Brooks starting at the two mm-hmm. with Romeo Langford, who I think has a lot of potential. Oh, definitely. I really liked him coming out of college. He didn't have a great year, but that Boston team is so deep that he didn't have a chance. Right, right. You have Kelly Oubre, and then you have the other Jackson, mm-hmm. and then your four or fives are Jackson and Clark, and you're just so deep and so young that I really think you've got a really nice core locked in, and it's mutually beneficial for everybody. You know, if that were to hold true Memphis would be deep <laughs> I think Memphis wins that trade well it, it does it benefits everyone Boston gets their big because they need that big you know um, yeah. and they can't continue to wait for Robert Edwards to, to develop and once Horford left it, it left a big void Memphis gets deeper um, Boston loses a little depth because Marcus Smart, they, they love that kid but like you said Romeo Langford, I see glimpses of him being pretty nice and then Phoenix, all the, all Phoenix needs to do is continue to grow right now. And they're doing – James Johnson and Monty Williams and those guys, they are doing a fabulous job there. Yeah, I've been, I've been very impressed mm-hmm. at, at everything they've done. And now I think it's just a matter of tweaking the edges, you know. 
I don't think you ever want to go in on someone big. Like, I, of course you do the Bradley Beal possibilities, right. but you're blowing up a core that doesn't need to be blown up. Exactly, exactly. So I had I had two, the, two, the trades. My trades involved Washington, both sides. So it was Bradley Beal to Atlanta for the five-pick Cam Reddish and either DeAndre Hunter or Kevin Herter. I think Washington would rather have DeAndre Hunter, um, but... I don't know if Atlanta's going to give up on, but for Brad Bill, they probably would. I also think the Warriors could ship Andrew Wiggins, Pascal, and that number two pick to Washington for Brad Bill. Ooh. Yeah, and and I think Washington now has two and nine, which they can at two they can do whatever they want to do. They can get Wiseman. And then at nine, they can do whatever they want to do and not, and they can reach at nine if they want to. They can, you know, if, if nothing else. And I think that, um, the Warriors now have a backcourt of Steph, Clay, and Bill. <laughs> and, and Washington also gets Paschal in that trade. And, and I think Washington, I don't know. I just, I'm just love, I would just love to see what Washington would do with, this young core and with John Wall. I think John Wall has an opportunity here to lead these young men like Chris Paul is doing in OKC, and I would love to see that. Oh, I, I think so, too. I think it should frankly be illegal for the Warriors to have that much shooting, but if they can pull that <laughs> off, it's it's truly incredible. Um, and I, I do I do see the benefit, really, for all those, time, uh, all those teams. I mean, for one... If you're Hawks trade, we talk about a team just needing to pick a lane right? and knowing when to cash in some chips, and I think it would be ideal for them. And for Washington, you just got to you just gotta start moving some, some cat money around, some pieces around, and start preparing for the future. So I, I think there's a lot of potential there. Definitely, definitely. Um, before we go, what have you seen? I guess Portland's not going to win the, the finals or the championship like I thought. Um you know, <laughs> I guess uh, that OKC Houston series is good, and Utah is definitely surprising me. I told you there's something going on in Denver. I don't know what it is, but I don't know what it is. Which, what have you noticed? I mean, I, I too rode the Portland Trailblazers train incredibly hard, um, but just watching them work, and they just it just looks so hard for them, right? I mean, the Lakers' front court is their defense alone is incredible, and uh, I think Lillard is working his butt off, but it's just exhausting to watch. Yes. I think I think part of the problem is yes, Lillard can hit these thirty-five to forty-foot shots with with ease, but he shouldn't have to. Right. That's part of the problem. They're not getting into the interior because they can't get past the, these lengthy guards. And uh, I think if if Nurkic was healthy, it would be a different series, but his conditioning is clearly poor. And it's the circumstances of you know COVID and the bubble and his grandmother's death have clearly left him have turned what is like a 35 minute player into a guy who appears to have about 15 to 20 minutes in him a night, which mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah. And then- it's bad because, uh, Anthony Davis is just eating him alive and they have no answer for him. Right. And Zach Collins injury is not helping either. It, it didn't help at all. Definitely. Definitely. Um, he's just not consistent enough. Yeah. I, 
and I and Philly has disappointed me, but I can see that body language on Joel Embiid. It's change is coming in Philly this offseason. I mean, they need they just need to blow it up. Unfortunately, I had Bam and, Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and a pick to Philly for Joel Embiid. I mean, do you do you feel comfortable trading in that division like that? You know, if Washington and Atlanta can do it. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I don't I, this isn't like football for me. For basketball, you know, football, I don't think you trade a quarterback in division cuz it's just you just don't do it. You know, Tom Brady goes from New England to Tampa, not from New England to Miami. You don't want to see him twice a year. Less games. In basketball, it's a little different. You can send a player in division. You're only seeing them four times a year and if you get him in the playoffs, then hey, they, you both got something to fight for. Let's see who won this trade. Oh yeah. You know, I actually I thought I I had a similar mind, similar mind to it, and it was a, a Philadelphia Chicago trade. Ooh, where you get uh, Ben Simmons and Al Horford off the books for Philadelphia, and you give them uh, Levine and Laurie Markkinen and some of the the separate contract and some of the contract filler that Chicago would have to throw in, uh, and you just start over in Chicago with a, because they haven't been able to attract the free agent since Carlos Boozer and Whoa. the time has come to just trade for a guy and hope he can start attracting outside influence and uh, I think that guy might be Simmons mm-hmm. and with Philadelphia you just gotta find a way to initiate an offense around Embiid and space the floor because they, they just can't do this anymore Tobias Harris and Al Horford are clogging are, yep. are clogging everything up. Yep. Uh, Shake Milton, as good a shooter as he is, they're relying on him to to do something he cannot, which is be a point guard. Unfortunately, yeah. And I think with a guy like Zach Levine and a guy like Laurie Markkinen, who can space the floor and initiate the offense and make something going, and obviously we're throwing picks either way in there right. and a couple more ball movement in there. You just you just got to cut bait if you're Philadelphia. This off season, last off season doomed them. They made the wrong choice. They didn't commit to Jimmy Butler right. as they should have. Right or JJ Redick. Don't forget about that. And yeah, and it's <laughs> it's just uh, you you can't do this. You know, um, with Al Horford and Tobias Harris, they overpaid. <clears throat> I remember when the Clippers offered Tobias Harris. I think it was four years, eighty million, about three or four years ago, and he declined it. And I was like, ooh, I don't know if that was a good move, Tobias. But then he signed this big deal. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> you know, but I think Al Horford and Tobias Harris would be the two that need to go. I had them going to one of your other favorite teams, and we'll talk about them in a second as well, the Sacramento Kings, for Buddy Hield, Marvin Bagley, and some change. Get those young guys to Philly. Put some vets on Sacramento because Sacramento is in trouble. Your buddy Vladdy's gone. Paige is gone. Joe Dumars is taking over. What do you? I think he should stay in that president role and maybe um, hire a general manager. You know, and and I don't know. <laughs> and it's it's just it's a it's a tough situation all around. Yeah, it, um, it is. They they invested in in so many redundant pieces. They gave too much money to Harrison Barnes. They'd like. Right. So originally what I did with the Kings, because this was, I was watching the Magic uh, play basketball, Mm -hmm. and uh, they should be paying me to do this, because this is just unpleasant. And (laughs) 
I, I love John Hammond. I got to be around him. I think he's very savvy, and I think he's making, trying to make the best of what he inherited. But they just need to start moving those those redundant pieces around and finally get rid of this Gordon mm-hmm. Mamba mm-hmm. Vujacic mm-hmm. disaster. Yeah. Yeah. So what I and what I did was I actually moved um, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald. And actually, Rishon Holmes over to the Magic. And uh, to the Kings, I just sent Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Mo Bamba. And you're, you're hoping, I think you probably got to move um, Bagley then, because yeah. uh, he's, he's even more redundant. But your hope is that uh, De'Aaron Fox will have a guy in Evan Fournier who can, he can actually rely on playing some defense and knocking down the outside shot. Yeah. And I think him and uh, Aaron Gordon in a pick-and-roll situation would be pretty exciting. Yeah. And with Mo, with Mo Bamba, he just needs a change of scenery. That's all Mo Bamba needs because I, 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 yeah. lo- I like Mo Bamba. He just needs a change of scenery. And under Vujicic, it's not going to come. It's it's just it's just not working out um, yeah. there, and with Orlando, you just need something different. You got to have guys who can score. You got to have a little more length. Length. You've got to stop relying on James. Uh, you know, on Ennis not to punch a guy. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, uh, I think Harrison Barnes would be a nice little four for them. I think Buddy Heald would uh, give them the uh, give them a nice perimeter shot. And then you have a bunch of contracts. I think Rishon Holmes is a pretty good player. I think so as well. So le- letting him play behind uh, Vujacic would be good for him. Definitely. And definitely. You-, you just see what happens. That's just a situation where teams just need to make a trade to make a trade. Definitely, right. Some te- and sometimes that's needed. Let's just make a trade because we just need to do something. You know, shake yeah. it up just a little bit. Yeah, I think a lot of teams, well, not a lot, a few teams, you know, because Milwaukee's going to have to come up with this issue in the next year with Giannis to- I don't think he stays just for some strange reason. Um, I don't think he goes to an L.A. or anything. He might go he might go hang out with Jimmy in Miami as well. But some of these teams, you got to start thinking like, okay, let's have a real conversation. What's your plan? Oh, I don't know. No, talk to me. What's your plan? I want to do this. I want to do that. All right. Let's make that happen and just start putting those things in motion. Yeah, and I think for a guy like Giannis, I, I legitimately think he loves Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I think Milwaukee gave him uh, a home, mm-hmm. literally, mm-hmm. because he immediately moved his entire family there, and his bro- he lives with his brothers. Mm-hmm. They all went to high school there, and I think it means to a lot to him. But I think if he's going to leave, it's going to just be to win basketball games. Right. It's not going to be to make movies or sign promotional right. deals. So I think eventually he might find himself in a situation where he goes to a Dallas mm-hmm. and they find a way to just make it um, uh, Luka Donic and uh, Giannis and you see what happens. And I also really just see him going down the road to Chicago because I think he's very comfortable in the Midwest. Right. Um, and I think they might be able to offer him opportunities that Milwaukee uh, can't necessarily. But honestly, if you ask me right now, I say there's a 65% chance he just finishes his career in Milwaukee. Because I think he's built relationships there that mean a lot to him. I, uh, I don't think Milwaukee and Chicago would ever do a trade. They're too, 90 I don't miles. think they do a trade, no. <laughs> but I think it could be a situation where 
It's I'm leaving, do something. Right. I'm leaving to better do a sign and trade because I still want to stay out here. I love the Midwest. I totally can see that happen. Ooh, that would be some rivalry games. Uh, I think so too, and I think uh, I think there's there's pieces there that that everybody would like. Definitely, definitely. Um, but for now, like it's going to be so interesting what happens with the Bucks in round two. It is because the ma- the Magic took their shot. Right. <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> in 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 game one. Right. And I think they stunned the Bucks, but clearly the Bucks weren't stunned for long. Right. They're the better team. They're going to make quick work of the Magic, no matter what the Magic do, bringing Aaron Gordon back or right. any of those guys. But then you get round two, and <laughs> I think you and I are both in love with the Miami Heat right now. Yep. I think they've got a tenacity to them. Yeah. I think if they've discovered something about Duncan Robinson, yep. that should deeply frighten the Bucks. Definitely. Because the Bucks struggle guarding the guarding the three point line and the Heat can take advantage of that to such an extent that it will be an issue. Yeah. I definitely think so. I I'm looking forward to that Milwaukee Miami second rounder, definitely. And um, I think that he could legitimately challenge them. I think on paper the Bucks are the better team, but you do not underestimate Jimmy Butler ever, 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 ever. ever. Yeah, he, even his commercials, will, even his commercials are awesome. I mean, he's just—he's a warrior. He yeah. is—he's a throwback. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a heck of a series. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat pulled it out, simply because. Um, the Bucks are in a situation right now where nothing's really working. Right. And I think they really could have benefited from having to play a, a better team than the Magic. Definitely. What? Just to work some kinks out because Middleton hasn't found a shot. Bledsoe it still, I, I don't really know what he's doing. Brooke Lopez is, is still performing, but he's he's working at it. And they're all and they're all like to wrestle before uh, the intros. So yeah. it's it's just gonna exactly <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> it it's is gonna be rough. They're yeah. so talented, but when it comes to the playoff time and Giannis's shot isn't working, you're just relying on a lot of X factors. And the Heat are a team that can see that weakness and just exploit it. But you know what, though, honestly, Giannis' shot has never worked. It's kind of Ben Simmons all over again. Just Giannis is a lot better than him. So, well, what's sad is, I mean, in his rookie year, Giannis's form was completely different, mm-hmm. but it was serviceable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a Markle Fult situation where I think there was just too many cooks in the kitchen, right? But I think once Jason Kidd said, "You're a point guard now," essentially, right? I think it yes made him unstoppable. Uh, it, it, Driving and on the interior, but also took away that mid-range game that was what appeared to be, you know, uh, something that could could be doable for him. Right, right. right. So it's a trade-off, you know? Like, you've made Giannis into this guy who can seemingly score at whim and dominate, but also they just don't need to worry about guarding him along the perimeter that much anymore. Yeah, man. This is going to be exciting, Sean, the rest of these playoffs. I'm loving that you're here. I'm loving that you're here with me, man. I appreciate you, man. You make me sound good. That's how <laughs> fabulous it is, you know. Um, and I well, know that. Thank you. Couldn't do it without you. <laughs> Literally. No, it's all it's good. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it without you either. So, so yeah, it's mutual, brother. 
Um, I guess we'll be we'll we'll put a bow in this one to put a pin in this one. And I know that I'm looking forward to to seeing because the next time we talk, we'll be on the round two. And um, I think that we'll have a lot more interesting things to talk about because hopefully we'll have some more trade ideas. I think we'll have more trade ideas. We'll have a a better idea of what these teams are, particularly if um, Russell Westbrook is put into a situation in Houston of having to come back because Mm -hmm. I think they've discovered that Chris Paul is a problem. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I think things are going to rapidly change in the next two to three days, and uh, this next call will be even more uh, interesting than this one. Yeah. If possible. Yeah. So once again, Sean, I want to thank you for joining us in the front office podcast, brother. Um, I'll see you soon, my buddy. Absolutely. Stay safe. Enjoy some ball. Oh, yeah. You too. Thanks again to Sean coming in, talking to us about the NBA lottery. A couple things I want to touch on real quick that just came in through me. First of all, being a black man in Bay Area in Oakland, California, noticing what Toronto President Masai Ujiri is going through with the beloved Alameda County Sheriff's Department, whom I've been acquainted with a couple times. You know, when, when, when the incident with Masai Ujiri at the uh, Toronto Raptors Championship um, winning game in Oakland presented itself, and, and I immediately saw the altercation with the police officer, 99.9% of me knew that that was some BS, but it's hard for people to really understand what goes on in life until they experience it, experience it themselves. Now that we've seen the, the police cops, the, the, the body cam from the officer, it shows that the officer is very aggressive. It shows that, that Masai has tried to show his credential repeatedly. But it also shows a problem in America and in society that we continue to see. We're guilty until proven innocent. And as uh, Masai also stated, because he is who he is, his due process will be elevated more than the regular person that is being um, proven guilty before they're innocent. So I just want people to understand certain things that go on and just open your eyes a little bit more. And that is a perfect example of things people go through until then we will talk again y'all and y'all have a good time keep loving each other For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.